Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 4. Now, I'm going through the book of Colossians on Sunday night, but we're just going to be taking a little bit of a jaunt through this in the morning. Our theme this year is Continue. The title of the message this morning is Continue in Prayer. And little addendum to that, continue in prayer. Why? Because God opens doors. We've already heard about a door here that's been opened. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Colossians chapter 4. Look at verse 2, if you would please. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, now open your word to our hearts, we pray. Change lives. Bring people to yourself and make us a people of prayer. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. This last week, Tim and Megan had gone to uh, a church in Pennsylvania. Uh, Some of you men that have been to the two-minute warning, you remember Kenny Kilthow that winds up playing the piano. The son of Pastor Kilthow down in Stockton, great guy. They moved to Pennsylvania, and they're in that church there. He's not working in the church, but they're there. They're part of it. And uh, because of that, they asked him to come out and do a prayer intensive, uh, a prayer advance kind of thing, Sunday through Friday. And so they did. Megan worked with the kids, but Tim basically was there emphasizing. They they prayed, they talked about prayer, they left, and just this last week, like I said, they received this text message from Steve's wife. Listen to this, please. Hey, my friend. I don't know what time zone you two are in right now. I hope I'm not bothering you too much. I know the two of you minister and serve in churches all over, and maybe sometimes you wonder what happens to that church after the messages God laid on Tim's heart have been delivered. And what happens after you have faithfully served with the children and ministered to the pastoral and leadership couples. I just wanted to share with you what God has done, at least, with our church. A few days before you two came, one deacon and his family, I think we told you about them, experienced almost losing the wife, and they lost a baby. Both the deacon and his wife were severely ill, and the whole church prayed 
and ministered. After you left, another deacon went on a missions trip, leaving his pregnant wife that was carrying four-month-old twins. While he was away, the wife went into severe complications and lost both babies. He was stuck in Africa and unable to come to her side. Our church prayed like I've never seen before anywhere. God still chose to take those babies home. While she was in the hospital, a third deacon's wife was admitted to the hospital for stroke-like symptoms. She's too young for that. The whole church lifted her up in prayer in a truly miraculous way. I wanted you to know that through all of that, the church had bonded together in a spirit of worship, adoration, and prayer like I've never seen happen anywhere ever. The whole body of believers was brokenhearted together and yet rejoiced together in a peace that only a body of believers can experience. The mom of the twins led someone to the Lord right after her loss because of the knowledge she had where her babies were. The deacon in Africa led someone to the Lord while waiting to get home to his wife. The wife in the hospital for the stroke was able to invite multiple people to her church through simply talking about the peace she knows in God. It has been a miraculous and powerful display of God's working in our church. So thank you. Thank you for ministering to our church and prayerfully teaching us God's message of prayer. God has brought our church to its knees in many ways, and it's been painful and glorious at the same time. He is God works. Amen? In fact, he does miraculous work. You know, we have had times of prayer here. We've prayed a lot, for instance, for the two-minute warning. And I think sometimes we just kind of get used to what God is doing. You know, we pray, the men come, and then we don't recognize the glory in, in what happens when they're leaving and they're talking about how God moved in their lives. You know why he did? We prayed. But you know what? Sometimes we don't see it, therefore we don't take it serious. And then somebody in the church dies. A family has a challenge. Somebody loses a job. There's a situation where somebody falls into sin. 
Folks, I'm telling you this. We are coming into a time where churches are, need, are going to need to know concerning prayer like they never have before in America in a long time at least. I would say at least since World War II. We need to understand that we must continue in prayer. In fact, as I was meditating on this, I thought, you know something? It's time we recognize this, that we need to go on the offense when it comes to prayer. There have been so many things that have been going on. For instance, in the political realm, this last week I listened to our own governor. He spoke like he did, a man that doesn't know God. And to him, the answer for all the violence is being a despot. Take away people's freedom. That's the answer. There are people that honestly, they don't know what to do. But we do. At least we ought to. We can pray. Because prayer is what has been given us. I would dare say that the act of praying is the most challenged, the most difficult endeavor, even harder than giving somebody the gospel because prayer is so integral to spiritual power. And Satan hates it. He will do anything and everything he can to keep you out of the prayer closet to keep me out of the prayer closet. We need to recognize this. You don't need a college education to pray. You don't need to have gone to Bible college to pray. Prayer is an act of the will. It is an act of the will. And in fact, that act of the will shows this, that it is, man, when we pray, when Christians pray, It is the ultimate indication of trust in our Heavenly Father. People that don't pray really are saying, down underneath it all, I have more control over what I'm going through. Ergo, I will do what I can to manipulate, to coerce, to worry, to do whatever, to affect my circumstances, or my need, or whatever it is, rather than taking it to the throne of grace and praying. There's a couple of, um, there, there, there are several commentators uh, that I like. Uh, John Phillips is, is a good man. Butler, John Butler is good. Uh, Albert Barnes. Every once in a while, though, I go to a fellow by the name of Adam Clark. And when it comes to prayer, he made an astounding statement. Listen, apostasy begins in the closet. Apostasy begins in the closet. No man ever backslid from the life 
and power of Christianity who continued constant and fervent in private prayer. I want to say that again. No man ever backslid from the life and power of Christianity who continued constant and fervent in private prayer. He who prays without ceasing is likely to rejoice evermore. David Brainerd, a young man, man that died at 29 years of age that reached the Indians, had an incredible ministry. He said when it came to his prayer time, oh, one hour with God infinitely exceeds all the pleasures and delights of this lower world. You say, I just don't see how that can be. You haven't spent an hour with God like some people have. Prayer is going to be recognized as the absolute lifeblood of the biblical walk, the walk with our Heavenly Father, like it hasn't been in a long time. It doesn't, it, we don't need more programs. We need more prayer. Harold Lenzel made this observation, and we've kind of seen it already. Prayer does not come naturally to men. It must be learned. In other words, you need somebody to get in front of you with an open Bible and read Colossians 4.2 and tell you, listen, you need to pray. And all God's people said, let's go back to Colossians 4. Continue in prayer. That word continue, again, we've looked at it already. We're going to be looking at other things as you look at the front of your uh, prayer sheet, in fact. I have several verses that we're going to be going to that speak about continuing. Continue is to give constant attention to a thing. That's what that Greek word that is there means, to give unremitting care to a thing. In other words, don't forsake the prayer closet. The reason why churches today are in trouble is because pastor and people get away from the prayer closet. America is in the shape that it's in, not because of the devil, but because of God's people who have not exercised the power of God that's given. Satan is a defeated foe. He's a defeated foe. We haven't done, and I include myself in this, we haven't done what we could. The Colossians were told some interesting things here. Watch this now. All right, constant attention, unremitting care. Look at the word watch. That word means to give strict attention to, to be active, take heed, lest something winds up taking place the Colossians, in other words, these people in Colossae, God's people in Colossae were told, pray with mental alertness. In other words, they were told, hey, watch and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. 
They were to know the circumstances of life. Hey, is our nation in trouble? Pray. Are our children in the school system learning incredibly wicked things? Pray. Pray. Are there some of God's people that are struggling? Yes. Answer. Pray. But when you pray, have a hoe with you. I'll show you what I mean in just a minute. Paul, in his circumstances, could have been really discouraged. He was in prison. He wanted to get out. You can see it in his language later on. He wanted to get out. He wanted to give the gospel out. But you know what he said? Continue in prayer and watch in the same in prayer with thanksgiving. He was giving thanks even though he was in that situation. Watch and pray. One of my favorite people in the Old Testament is Nehemiah. There were people that were trying to stop him. They were trying to shut him down. They were trying to discourage the people that had come back and they're building the wall. And then something took place. They could have folded their tent and said, you know what, what's the difference? What what are we going to do? In Nehemiah 4, verse 9, the Bible says this. No, that's not what happened. Nehemiah said, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God, listen, and set a watch against them day and night because of them. In other words, we watch and pray. We pray and we recognize what's going on. Let me ask you, what did you see this morning already in church? Mike Kelly got up and he talks about a ministry opportunity that they have. What's the answer? Prayer. Lisa is here. Mason is not. Mason is heartbroken because of his dad. It's been a difficult situation. What do we do? Exactly. We pray. There is a young man that's coming tonight with his family. He's planning a church in Riverside. He was going to have to be here this morning, but he wound up having to go and speak for a friend, a pastor friend of his who wound up getting sick. I think the Lord manipulated. I think that's interesting. The Lord opened the door. He's going to be with us tonight. Hey, we pray. There's going to be people soon that are going to be hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ because of a service that we'll have for Ed Brandenburg. What do we do? Pray. But there was an old pastor in Georgia. I like talking about an old pastor because I are one now. He used to make this statement. When a farmer prays for a corn crop, God expects him to say amen with a hoe. In other words, pray and do your part. Look at verse 3. Colossians chapter 4. Look at verse 3 now. With all praying also for us. Hey, 
at the same time that you're praying, you know, for these other situations, pray for us. He was Paul was talking about him and Timothy and Epaphras. Hey, pray for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. You see, we, we, don't, we don't really recognize this situation all that much, but Paul was having to deal a lot with it because there was still this, that there were many Jews that had not yet really been convinced that Christ, when he came and he died, even Jews that were Christians, that were believers, recognizing that Christ came for the whole world. The mystery of Christ is that God so loved the world, not just the Jew. It goes to the Jew first, but then also to the Greek. And so he's saying, listen, that that the Lord would open a door. I'm telling you, I don't know how many... If somebody has a door that's kind of messed up and you don't need it, can I have it? You don't know how many times I wanted to have a door up here in a frame, freestanding, but use it as an illustration. Could have used it this morning, having, picturing Mike and Linda walking through a door of opportunity. Sometimes, Sometimes we need to have something like that just to challenge people that, listen, maybe God is sending the entire church through a door and we don't know what's on the other end. Got a phone call this last week from Antonio. He broke his preacher's heart. I had wanted him so much to come back this summer and work here. I've got to pay him. But Neighborhood Bible Time got a hold of him. And he says, Preacher, I just wanted to let you know, I I wanted to talk to you one more time before I signed the contract. I said, Brother, if the Lord's leading you in that, you know, have at it. Can you imagine, can you picture Antonio in front of a bunch of elementary school kids? He is either going to grow by leaps and bounds or he is going to be an absolute basket case by the end of the summer. It's going to be interesting to see what we see at the end of the summer. But I'm excited for him. He's going through a door. Sometimes there are doors that we don't want to go through. Sometimes there are doors that we're begging God to kick open. But we're going through doors all the time. All the time. Paul is saying, please, Would you pray that God gives us opportunity? He talks about how, okay, the Lord closed the door here. He he had opened a door there. You see, you go through the book of Acts. When he was going to go into Bithynia, he couldn't do it. Instead, God opened the door for Europe. That was it. Paul says, don't forget to pray for me. I want a door open. I'm in prison right now. I want that door open. You know, we have an open door in front of us. We do? Revelation 3.8. 
Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Do you love the name of Jesus? Say amen. There's an open door. Even if we were in a country that was so restrictive, God gives opportunities. I'm going to be showing a video again from Tim Kazee on how he has seen doors open. But the key is prayer. Continue in prayer. Would you do me a favor? Take out that sheet again, that prayer sheet. Could you take that out? Everybody has one here. And open it up. Now, now look at the, just look at the names of the people that you fellowship with. Again, you say, well, you know, there's some I haven't seen here in a while. Pray for them anyway. I'm praying that, they're, that they come back. But look at them. Do you know everything that's going on in their lives? No. But God does. And if, and if the Lord lays somebody on your heart, hey, pray for them. You never know what can be going on. Have you ever had a situation where somebody comes to your heart and it's like the Lord is saying, pray for them now. And you do. And you found out that it was at that time there was incredible difficulty that they were going through. I've had that happen. I've been on both ends of that. And I bet there are some people here, it's the same thing. Folks, we need to pray. We need to continue in prayer. Let's pray.